No matter what happens, we will always prevail. The show must go on. This has to be our mentality throughout Corona and just how we're going to sustain ourselves and handle ourselves during quarantine. Always remember that we can get through this and no matter what happens, we've seen everything and anything happen before. So this too is going to pass and we're stronger and we need to remind ourselves that. Kind of staying with the positivity theme from last week's episode, we're going to hit home with some new different things. We're going to discuss some NFL free agency, the NFL draft, which is supposed to be coming up in a few weeks, and we're going to detail another hometown hero. Welcome to the fourth episode of Jake's Take. Let's get right into it. Let's go, don't wait, this night's almost over, honest, let's make this night last forever. April is known as draft month. We always could expect that the NFL draft was going to happen. We always knew that April was the month where we were going to be prepared for it. And this week, in light of the draft occurring, we're going to focus on it. Welcome to the first part of Jake's Take, where we're going to dive into the NFL draft and see how we're going to adjust to it for COVID-19 and just see what happens and if it means anything moving forward. The NFL draft is known as one of the most important things in a player's history. They are excited because they get to live out their dream. They get to experience all the excitement and all the whirlwinds of what it would mean to get drafted and to accomplish their dream. And this year, just kind of due to COVID-19, is going to be one of the first times where the NFL draft is going to be done primarily virtually. And coaches have had to adapt to it. A lot of coaches are doing their interviews via FaceTime. So how can we observe this? Well, the first thing I'd like to focus on is that how can you really get to know a player by FaceTime? I'm not a NFL coach. I don't know too much about player relationships with uh, being a coach, but I do know that if you're assessing a person or if they're going to work for your team, you kind of need to get to know them better than just seeing them on camera. Someone could be really good and answer the questions a great way, but it could all just be for show. And that's kind of where my thought process is right now. I know that we have to adjust. I know that we are kind of on a crunch of seeing how we can evaluate talent and how you can kind of get an idea if this person is going to be great for the franchise. But once again, we're having to make up for it and we're trying to see if there's a way to overcome it. And right now, I'm not sure if there is. And I'm sure coaches and GMs and owners are probably thinking the exact same thing. Recently, I know that a lot of the FaceTimes have been kind of, you know, been related to work, but I guess that just never crossed my mind. And as an NFL fan, as any sports fan, I kind of have to look at this draft as saying this is such a talented draft class. This is so full of potential superstars, but they're not going to get to showcase, I guess, their talent. It's going to be kind of treated more like an interview and one of those interviews where you have on the phone before they bring you into the office. However, 
this is kind of different. There is no, we're going to do one interview and bring you into the office. It's, we're going to do a FaceTime interview with you, and then we'll let that decide if we want to draft you, which kind of gives a lot of pressure. These kids are, you know, in college, a lot of them are still really young, and this is really their first instance of anything involving any form of interviews. So it's kind of something you have to put into a perspective. And I know that it's going to be a little different, but we have to adjust. And even if that, if that takes some time, I think we're working with what we've got. And that's kind of the whole point of what Corona is right now. We have to work with what's given to us, even if it isn't the most ideal situation. Last week on Jake's Take, I said that we were going to start discussing NFL free agency. Now, I know that while NFL free agency has been kind of going on recently, it's given me a chance now to kind of look at it and kind of just reevaluate kind of what's been going on and how people are moving around and if I think each player moving will fit in with that team. And last week we focused on the quarterbacks, and this week we are going to focus on the running backs. Now before we focus more on NFL free agency or the draft, I want to talk about the Atlanta Falcons' new uniforms. So the Atlanta Falcons kind of surprised us all a few days ago when they had said that they were going to be adding in a new uniform and it would be their new style, but there was nothing wrong with their uniforms in the first place. Now, I know that the NFL is always experimenting and always changing, but the NFL is also a very high copycat league. And this can kind of be said because last year, the New York Jets changed their uniforms when there was nothing wrong with their uniforms. So now, the Atlanta Falcons are going to play every Sunday looking like Adam Sandler and Terry Crews in the longest yard when they were okay with their old uniforms. Now, I'm not saying that all uniform changes are going to be bad. The Seahawks changed their uniforms a few years ago, and they look great. And I noticed that there are a lot of different uniform changes too, but if anyone remembers the Jacksonville Jaguars helmets, when they kind of looked like a old roller bar, that's kind of what I'm thinking about right now. And you kind of think about it, if something's good, you want to keep it that way. There was nothing really wrong with the uniforms. And when I think about it, I don't know if people are going to be super excited. When I looked at the video, you see Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley are there. But one person who is notably absent is Julio Jones. Now, Julio Jones is one of the most important players in that franchise. So does that mean he doesn't like the uniform or he didn't want to partake or he was busy? We don't know. But what I'm trying to refer to is that we didn't really need to change the uniforms. And I guess that kind of goes with the same with the New York Jets from last year. If it's good, then keep it that way. You know, there was nothing wrong with the Atlanta Falcons. I know it could have been linked to something with a cultural change or something with Dan Quinn is still trying to 
won the team over, but I don't know if this was the direction they needed to go in. And I think I like the old uniforms better. And I'm sure if you ask Deion Sanders or anyone from the team in the 80s, they'd probably agree too. Those are my thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons' new uniforms. And when we return from this short commercial break, I'm going to focus more on the Atlanta Falcons and what they've been up to in free agency. Next on Jake Stick. So focusing on free agency, let's start with the running backs for this episode. Last week, we focused on quarterbacks for Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, Philip Rivers. And this week, we're going to focus on a few of our different running backs. So the first running back I want to focus on is Todd Gurley. Now, it was a bit of a surprise when Todd Gurley was released from the Rams, and then just a few days later, he was picked up by the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Todd Gurley went to school in Georgia. He's from Georgia, so it made sense, and it was a great reunion as the... Atlanta Falcons had just released Devontae Freeman. It's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around it. I know that Todd Gurley has fought some injuries, but Todd Gurley is still an elite running back, someone who is very talented, has made multiple Pro Bowls, was an offensive player of the year, and when he came out of college after he had torn his ACL, he was talented, amazing, and then... He was finding some injuries, and then I guess Sean McVay said it was time to pull the plug and cut him. But this is a player who, you know, helped bring you to a Super Bowl. This is a player who was a first-round draft pick, a top-ten pick, a pro bowler. So it kind of caught everyone off guard, and... I know that people were still excited saying, you know, someone's going to scoop him up, and the Falcons did. But I guess for me, it was just still kind of surprising as why would you want to release someone of that caliber? Someone who in fantasy is usually one of the first players in the first round taken, and it just kind of let me at a loss. I'm not sure what the death of running backs is for the Los Angeles Rams, but now you're giving this team full control to Jared Goff. Now, that's going to be a different segment, but just to kind of reiterate that, Jared Goff is still pretty young, and he's a good quarterback, but he was doing really well coming off of a play-action style, so you could keep the defense honest knowing that Todd Gurley was in the background, but Jared Goff was also, you know, a threat to pass. So I don't know how to evaluate this, I guess, decision. I think it's a great decision for the Falcons because you're bringing in a top-tier running back and you're going to pair him with the best wide receiver in the game, a young and upcoming number two wide receivers who both went to Alabama, and now kind of have that dynamic trio with Matt Ryan being a top-tier quarterback who's 
taking the team to the playoffs, who's taking the team to the Super Bowl, it could be a good formula for Dan Quinn. We just kind of have to wait and see. But I think right now, I really like the pick. I really like what they did. They addressed a need. Devontae Freeman wasn't going to be the answer too much longer. And when they lost Tevin Coleman, they also said, okay, well now Ido Smith is going to be our second running back. But he's also kind of been fighting those injuries. So once he got hurt, they were bringing in different running backs to be the number two guy. But now they can look towards the draft, towards free agency as well, and just see if there's another option. But with Todd Gurley, now he's going into a system where he can do both. He can you know, be used in the play action, where he can be used in the run game. But there are also many talented players around him that Matt Ryan isn't going to have to rely solely on Todd Gurley. And I think that's a huge win, not only for Dan Quinn and the Falcons, but the front office and Arthur Blank as well. The next running back I want to focus on is Melvin Gordon. Now, Melvin Gordon was also in the same draft class as Todd Gurley. He was also drafted in the first round and he went to the San Diego Chargers. Now, it took a little bit longer for Melvin Gordon to break out rather than Todd Gurley, but Melvin Gordon finally kind of came into his own, even though it took some time. But with Melvin Gordon, even though it did take additional time, he did kind of benefit. He was playing with a veteran quarterback who knew what he was doing, and he was kind of relied upon in the ground game, but also knew that he could put it on the shoulders of his quarterback. Even though it did take some time with Melvin Gordon to just kind of adjust and get to know the system of the NFL, he turned out to be a solid running back. And then we kind of noticed what happened recently with this past year when he was holding out for money. And then that kind of derailed it all. I know that running backs and different players are going to hold out for money, but he held out into the season. And it didn't really make sense because... I know it was a contract year, but the the Chargers are still doing great without him. They had, you know, Austin Eckler, who was establishing himself as a pretty good running back as well. And that kind of, you know, brought a new sense of what they could do without him. So they were kind of stuck. And then out of nowhere, here comes Melvin Gordon back. So it kind of put it into a new perspective of what's Melvin Gordon going to do? How's he going to handle this? And he still had a pretty, you know, solid year, but you could also kind of tell that they were ready to move on from him. And I know that it's different than the Todd Gurley situation because with Melvin Gordon, I guess his antics with the, I'm going to sit out for as long as it takes before I'm ready to come back and then you know, surprise, I'm coming back. Whereas Todd Gurley, I guess, wasn't like that. Granted, it was a different situation, but it's still something we kind of have to focus on. With this year, it was more of a career low for Melvin Gordon. He, you know, only had total close to maybe 900 
yards from scrimmage, but he only had, you know, 612 rushing yards. So it was kind of a down year. And I think the Chargers noticed that they had something in Austin Eckler, which was going to be better for the long term and kind of a transition. And I think that made it so much easier for the Chargers to move on from Melvin Gordon and then a few weeks later have him signed by the Denver Broncos. Now, that's going to be kind of shocking because they're in the same division, they're rivals, and now twice a year, Chargers fans have to see a former first-round draft pick of the Chargers suit up for, you know, the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos... While they're still kind of, you know, rebuilding and piecing everything together, it still is, you know, got to hurt. It's going to sting to see that a former star is now playing for a team in the same division. When we return, we're going to discuss this week's hometown hero. And it's a first, someone who is in the state of Alabama rather than in New Orleans or the Gulf Coast and a former Alabama standout. We'll be right back with this week's Hometown Hero on Jake Stick. Welcome to this week's Hometown Heroes segment. And in the past two weeks, I've highlighted someone from the city of New Orleans. And while New Orleans is about two hours away from me, this is actually more in the state of Alabama. And this focuses on a former Alabama star, Bob Baumhauer. Now, Bob Baumhauer owns the famous chains of Baumhauer's Victory Grill, where everyone will go, and it's a staple in Tuscaloosa, it's in Birmingham, and it's in a lot of different states and cities. But now he's kind of taking this whole COVID-19 thing into his own hands, where he's opened up his locations, not only for you know, delivery, but he's also taking it upon himself to use his um, items to sell them. And he's kind of created a store out of it, which I think is super cool. He posted something and then AO.com had actually interviewed him about it, saying how he is going in and providing necessities, whether it's food, toilet paper, or cleaning supplies in what he calls the victory store and some items are you know gonna cost a certain amount but he's designing this so it can be there to help people in need and I think that's something that's pretty huge so I wanted to highlight this now similar to most business owners Bob Baumhauer has definitely felt the effects and it mentions here in the AL.com article that between 70 to 80 percent of Baumhauer's locations have been down with their sales due to corona which kind of means a lot and he's feeling the odd economic blitz and he says that it's like being in a nightmare and this is you know obviously an all-american someone who played for Paul Bear Bryant but you're kind of seeing him as a business owner and as I mentioned, you know, he runs different locations and he has different restaurants throughout the state. So he's 
kind of feeling what we're going through. And he had to abandon the in-house dining with the online ordering, the curbside pickup, some drive-through, and then he's kind of having to adjust. So this is something that's new for him. But the Victory Grocery, well, that's something that he is about to unveil on Monday. And he's doing this to put the people first, but the people who work for him as well first. He said that he wants to make sure that everyone's still getting paid, that everyone can still go home because he knows everyone needs help, whether if it's an employee, whether it's someone who works or even if it's someone who's just, you know, going to stop by for groceries. But I still think I want to highlight Bob Baumhauer this week for the hometown here. I know that it's not as, I guess, significant as what we were talking about with J.J. Reddick or what Drew Brees was doing, but it is still pretty big. He's kind of taking his whole business model and adding on to it, expanding to it, to make sure that the people who come in and need help are getting the items that are necessary. And the fact that he's putting his employees first and he's still trying to look at it as a business standpoint, well, that's just huge. I think having his football background did prepare him for this, but I don't think everything can be prepared for. And similar to the rest of us, Bob Baumhauer is definitely feeling the effects, but I think he can persevere. He said that his main goal right now is to continue to have business going full operation and then opening a new restaurant in the Fairhope area in May. Now, it's still to be determined if we're going to be all figured out by May, but I think right now, kind of seeing what Bob Baumhauer can do and what he has done and what he's about to unveil, well, that's more than enough. Or as we say in Hebrew, Dayenu, that would be enough. But Bob Baumhauer definitely is showing what he can do and everything that he's proud of and excited to do. And I think this is, you know, huge for the whole state of Alabama, seeing that there's someone who is able to help and willing to just do everything and anything to help out his state and his community, whether it is, you know, taking away from his business but he's definitely proven that he wants to help out in any way possible. So thank you, Bob Baumhauer, for everything that you've done and that everything you are going to continue to do. You are an Alabama great, but now you've definitely exemplified yourself as a hometown hero. We're going to take another quick commercial break, and right when we get back, we're going to wrap up this episode of Jake's Take and just kind of focus on what we're discussing next week. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Stay tuned. This is home. Now I'm finally where I belong. March seemed to have gone on forever. And now that we're in April, we can kind of focus on some other things. And I know that with Passover occurring right now and it also being Easter, we want to shift our mind to that. And I know that typically we would, but now we are kind of at a loss because we have to do it over Zoom. And I just want to focus on that for a little bit. Just because we're not with our family, our loved ones, or our close friends doesn't mean we can't stop 
celebrating these holidays or being a part of our lives. And I think that's an important thing to continue to remember is that these events and these holidays are still going to go on. A few days ago, I did a Seder over Zoom with my family and it felt just like I was back with them for every other Seder I've done with them. And that kept me thinking, if we are still going to be in quarantine or we still have to put our lives on hold, then we might as well make the best of it. And that's why I want to continue with the positivity. As I mentioned last week, I'm very proud of everyone for just how we've handled ourselves, how we've kept our composure during this time. And I want to keep reminding people that because if we keep a positive mindset, then we can get through this and this too shall pass. And I just want to continue to revisit that and remind everyone because even if you haven't heard this from me yet, I want to continue to relay this to you so you know that we can get through this and once again, this too shall pass. Four weeks in and I just want to continue to say thank you to everyone who tunes in, who shares the podcast and for making this come true. I know that I've been doing this for some time and just trying to create it to bring smiles to people's faces, but also to kind of bring a message and to bring that message is much more important to me than any amount of support. And on that, you know, this is our goal. We want to make sure that we know that we matter, that we can get through this. And even if it's just a podcast a week or something that I can do to make a difference, I've been glad to do that for everyone. So thank you so much for tuning into Jake's Take, where this week we discussed some more free agency, kind of how the NFL draft is going to be handled this year, and a hometown hero who has doing more for not only his community, but for the state at as well. And this all just means a lot, but I want everyone to kind of leave with this note. We get stronger each time. And I know that while it's getting tougher, we're getting mentally prepared for it. We don't know how long this will 